eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. This is your favorite middle-aged white guy, A.A. Ron Sutton. I have Mark Schofield from Inside the Pylon tonight. He is the preeminent mind, in my opinion, on the Brian Flores scheme and what we can expect out of this defense. So I'm going to pick every brain cell that he has devoted to Brian Flores' scheme when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. I have Mark Schofield. He's from Inside the Pylon, Pro Football Weekly. He writes for SB Nation. He probably writes for my local newspaper, and I just don't know about it. Mark, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well, Aaron. Um, I may write for your local paper. <laughs> the, the laundry list of places I do work is growing longer, but that's a good problem to have. And exactly. there are times when somebody will remind me that I've got a, a piece due, and I'm like, I write for you? I'm sorry. I totally forgot. I'll I'll get you I'll that get as right soon on. as I can. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get right on that. Working on it. That's hilarious. So the the, the way I came across your work was – through Brian Flores and your just intimate knowledge of what's going on there. The way I kind of want to structure this conversation is kind of work big picture and then kind of work our way down to the minutia of everything. So I want you to first just look at the 2018 New England Patriots defense personnel wise and kind of compare it to this 2019 Miami Dolphins defense 
Do you see the 2019 Dolphins defense as having enough personnel to do what Brian Flores really wants to do? I mean, that's probably the $64,000 question, or if you adjust it for the, you know, the age and the time, probably the $64 million question. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I think it's important to remember about this Patriots defense from last year and really over the sort of Belichick and, you know, into Flores last year era is that flexibility is sort of the name of what the Patriots do on both sides of the football. They want to have the ability to change up on the fly. They want to have the ability to do different things on almost, if not just a week-to-week basis, sometimes a drive-to-drive or even a down-to-down basis. And mm-hmm. we obviously sort of equate that with what they do offensively. You know, last year on the offensive side of the wall, they started out as an 11-personnel team that would spread you out. And then they became sort of a 21-personnel team. You know, but it's true on the defensive side of the ball as well. And this defensive Flores was in charge of last year. They did a number of different things personnel-wise on the defensive side of the ball that gave them that flexibility. And and frankly, it's interesting, Aaron, we're recording this on a day when this news breaks, but a big part of that, a big component to that is Patrick Chun, their right, safety. He's obviously got um, a, a sort of a legal issue, shall we say, mm-hmm. that he has to deal with now. But with the way they used Chun, they would sometimes align him as a safety, a traditional safety alignment. Most of the time he's down in the box over tight ends as a strong safety. But he was also utilized at times as a linebacker. And there were times when they would roll out sort of a 3-3-5 mm-hmm. nickel package. But they could convert that into almost sort of a 5-1 in a sense. They did this a couple of times against Kansas City. They would do it at times against Indianapolis. They used it throughout the season where they put Kyle Van Noy at one linebacker spot on the line of scrimmage on the edge and Dante Hightower at the other linebacker spot on the edge. So you've got a five-man front with a 3-3-5 look, but you've got a linebacker in Patrick Chun aligned as a middle linebacker. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at sort of the Miami Dolphins defense, you know, I think two names that sort of come to mind and – Guys that could fill that kind of role would be Rashad Jones and Mika Fitzpatrick. And perhaps Fitzpatrick might be the guy that sort of is best fit to do that because he's got some schematic flexibility, some athletic flexibility to him. He's aligned at strong safety at times, even though he seems to indicate that it doesn't feel best for him. At the same time, look, he can be used in the slot. He can be used on corners. He can be used as a safety, as a free safety. So Flores is trying to probably discover who on this roster can be that Patrick Chun type player. And it's a critical component to us because when you think about having that flexibility, the fact that you can go from say a three, three, five to a five, one to whatever you want to do without going to the sideline or bringing players on is huge for a defense. Cause you can match tempo. You can do sorts, all sorts of different things in terms of getting matchups because let's face it. This is a matchup based league. Offenses want to dictate matchups and then exploit them. You need to have players to match up and to respond to those efforts by an offense to exploit favorable matchups. And so they're going to need to find a player like that. I think if it's Patrick off the top of my head, maybe Jones will be the two guys to try to fit that mold. It sure seems at this point that Minka is kind of fitting that role because a couple of weeks ago there was some comments made in the media about him being a little bit uh, – how, how would I phrase this? Not a huge fan of playing in the box. So it, it's kind of a natural segue to kind of how we can look at the run defense in the big picture. So here's some hallmarks from what I've seen uh, 
from Flores, at least personnel grouping wise, you know, you're going to see a lot of three defensive linemen. Possibly, I, I've been calling it a front six. I've been trying to be careful about how to describe the way the Flores defense really approaches it. You see smaller guys playing in that second level. So you had mentioned Patrick Chun playing in the box a lot, playing in that second level where you typically see linebackers playing. So with all that being said, big picture wise, how is a scheme like this rich in these personnel groupings? How is it able to defend the run? Well, it all comes down to gap responsibility. And what's interesting about sort of using these lighter packages, these lighter personnel packages, which is sort of the new wave of defensive football in response to, you know, offenses going lighter and quicker and smaller mm-hmm. is you still have to be, have the ability to cover every gap up front. And, you know, this summer I actually wrote a piece, you know, over for SB nation about Belichick and how he and Flores used their sort of three, three, five scheme in a way that was somewhat similar to what Iowa state does. And, you know, people often sometimes say, Aaron, that, you know, nobody plays defense at the Big 12. Well, I think there's a bit of a misnomer. You have to mm-hmm, look at what mm-hmm. these Big 12 teams are up against, and they're up against a lot of spread stuff, a lot of 10 personnel, four receiver packages, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of big splits and things like that. Iowa State was rolling out this basic 3-3-5 look with three safeties, but they would still have the ability, even when they would take the two outside linebackers and widen them outside with the receivers at times out to the slot to get every gap up front covered. You know, they could do it with, you know, nose guard into one, a gap linebacker into the other, a gap. Then you get your two tackles into the B gaps. Then you get your sort of outside linebackers into those two C gaps. You've got gap discipline up front. So that's what it really mm-hmm. starts with. So whether you're running what you call there a six man front, you know, whether it's a more traditional, you know, four, three, like Flores has, and the Dolphins sort of have lifted, listed on the depth chart, whether mm-hmm. it's a four, two, five, three, three, five, however you're doing it, you have to be able to match gaps and stay disciplined in doing that. And so it really sort of comes down to what you see from the defense, from the offensive line and their alignment and their personnel package, and then being able to respond. And again, it sort of gets to that, you know, hybrid type defender, which is going to Mm -hmm. be a bigger part of the NFL's future. You know, a guy like Fitzpatrick that he could play deep at times, but if you need him to occupy a gap and play run defense, he can do that as well. That's why the Patriots were able to stop the run. For example, using that sort of three, three, five defense, you know, I, I had somebody sort of pull, I, you know, called in a favor and had somebody pull every time the Patriots ran sort of three, three, five or something like that last year. And it was, a, uh-huh. it was like, 15% of their snaps on the defensive side of the ball. And you might expect at first blush, look, they're doing it on like third and lawn. They did it on a fourth and one against the Kansas City Chiefs. They did it on a second and goal from the four against the Kansas City Chiefs against 11 personnel. They ran it inside with, with Kareem Hunt and they stopped him. Mm-hmm. And so you can still stop the run as long as you maintain gap discipline. And that's going to be the key to doing that you know, when the Dolphins sort of employ similar tactics. So it seems to me that the guys playing on the line of scrimmage, those two gappers are just a precious commodity in the system. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, if you've got the ability with some guys up front that can two gap, that makes it easier. Um, cause then you don't have to just have man on gap. You can, you can have that guy up front, like sort of two gap for you. And so if you're looking at a guy like Christian Wilkins, 
if you're going to be tasked drafting him in the first round with the expectations that he's going to be able to do that, you want to look back at his college tape at Clemson and say, was he asked to do that? Not a ton, but enough. And, and so mm-hmm. Flores is probably confident that, look, you know, we can get him into some situations where if we don't have numbers, we can two gap with at least one player and still maintain gap coverage up front. Everybody stop what you're doing immediately and follow this man, Mark Schofield, M-A-R-K-S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, one of the sharpest minds about the Brian Flores defense and his uh, abilities and coaching abilities, I should say, in New England. So one of the mantras we've kind of been hearing throughout camp and throughout the preseason is that the Miami Dolphins want a smart disciplined, conditioned football team. And so I decided, you know, for S's and G's before we got on the air tonight, Mark, I I decided to take a look at the defensive penalties from last year. And what I noticed was a striking distance between Miami and New England in one way, and that was defensive pre-snap penalties. So Miami had 15 over the course of the year. Would you care to guess how many New England had last year, Mark? I want to say it's like three or four. Two. <laughs> Two. Okay. Two all year. So I guess a roundabout way of asking this question is, you know, it's very tempting for you and I to get into the complexity and the, you know, the kind of chess piece level of NFL defense. But is some of the beauty in the way Brian Flores approaches defense is in its simplicity? Well, certainly that plays a role, but at the same time, you have to remember the man that he learned under over the past couple of years in Bill Belichick. And one of the things that Belichick stresses generally, but particularly on the defensive side of the ball, because that's where his heart lies, is situational awareness and doing your job and Mm -hmm. just making sure you know what you need to do on a down-to-down basis. Don't get caught up on what other people's assignments are. Just know your assignment and execute it. And that you see that in that those pre-snap penalty numbers, you see that in moments like we saw in Super Bowl Fifty Three when, look, they they saw that you know Yankee concept cross or post from the Rams early in the game. They didn't execute the cut call right. They were ready for it, and so when Jared Goff had a chance to hit Brandon Cooks for what might have been a game-changing touchdown, Jason mm-hmm. McCourty executes the cut call and breaks it up. Now Goff probably hesitated a bit and. If he gets it out of his hands quicker, maybe that place turns out differently. But you saw the you know NFL films where they were Flores was stressing that look, you've got to fill that. You know, he's gonna, you know, your brother's gonna cut that crossing route. You've got to get back to the middle of the field to replace him. So they're ready. You know, it, it's rare when you see a Patriot have a situational error. I'm often reminded, Aaron, when I was playing Little League baseball, I had a coach that said, Look, I will never get mad at you for a physical error. You know, a ball goes through your legs, whatever. Doesn't mm-hmm. those happen? Mental mistakes, though, I cannot excuse. You have to know what you need to do before the ball is hit to you. And it's the same thing with football. Like before mm-hmm. the ball is snapped, you have to know what you're doing. The Patriots stress that. I know every team does, but it's almost to a ridiculous level of detail with the Patriots stress situational awareness. And Brian Flores has seen that firsthand over the past couple of years, and that's what he's going to try to bring to Miami, that situational winners. And so you know when you know, there, there's a third and seven situation and the offense comes out in one look, but they adjust to a second look. You're not surprised. You're not panicking. 
you know, you're ready for mm-hmm. it. And think about this. This is another way to sort of look at it. When you look at a game, the, one of the touchdowns that the Patriots had last year against the Dolphins, you know, you get a, a motion and a switch and you get a situation where the defense is confused. You get Rex Burkhead on a linebacker who's not in a situation where he's ready to cover him and they hit it for a touchdown. I'd expect to see a Brian Flores coach defense not be so phased by that and be, be ready for it. <laughs> you had mentioned situational football, and I, I totally agree with you that that's a, a hallmark of the Patriots' way. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, I, I, for some reason I feel like I remember hearing something about the Patriots spending a good deal of time, possibly even disproportionate compared to other NFL teams, actually studying rules and the way to kind of squeeze every drop out of it. Would that be fair to say? And I don't I mean, mean that in any backwards way. I just mean no, that, I, you know. I, I think that's that's incredibly fair to say. Is that, you know, if you look at the Patriots, again, over this Brady-Belichick run, they have certainly gotten every inch or millimeter out of the mm-hmm. playbook that they can and in some cases, they've maybe gone a bit too far. I mean, you you look at, for example, recorded signals. They were doing it from an area that wasn't approved. I mean, mm-hmm. things like that. And so, yeah, when it comes to knowing the rules, you know, it's it's the way the game is played. It's it's the, you know, the foundation upon which the game is built. So you better know what you're supposed to be able to do and what you're not allowed to do and try to get away with as much as you can. I mean, there's that NASCAR adage, you know, if you're if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> You know, you could kind of apply that to all of sports, really. I mean, yeah. whether it's, you know, trying to get a, an inch over the pitching rubber or a little bit more pine tar on the bat or air pressure in a football, whatever you want to do, like, you got to try to find those edges. But for the Patriots, sometimes it does come down to rules and knowing, like, you know, the one that I learned this week was, you know, on the kickoff, if you field it with one foot out of bounds, it counts as a kickoff out of bounds. You know, that came up in a preseason game. I didn't know that one, but I can guarantee you every Patriots return man knew that rule before that happened in a Jets game, I think it was. If you ain't first, you're last. Am I right, Mark? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so sticking with situational football, it seems like the Dolphins have spent a crazy amount of time on red zone defense. Is there anything special that's stuck out to you last year that Flores did with his red zone defense that made it so uh, so frugal against letting up points? Well, part of it is communication. Communication on a football field is critical wherever you are, but it's of perhaps the utmost importance in the red zone because the field condenses yeah. in a sense, and so rub designs, pick plays, switch concepts from an offense, anything that forces defensive backs to think and to react and to exchange players perhaps in the blink of an eye, it's all that more critical. Because it's one thing if it happens you know, on your own 35-yard line, you can probably recover if you get picked off and you know, right. make the scrape exchange or the banjo call effectively. It's another thing when it's down near the goal line. You know, that that plays a touchdown, even if you're just a half step late. And so those are critical components to red zone and goal line defense communication. And and that's something that the Patriots were nine times out of 10 perfect at. You know, there were times, you know, a touchdown from um, Mitchell Trubisky to Tariq Cohen. And when they went sort of wide iso with Cohen to the same side as Trey Burton, you know, they had a sort of banjo call. They didn't get done in time. Um, But those mistakes are few and far between. And so that's going to be a focus, I'm sure, Brian Flores down in the red zone because we know that in today's NFL, teams are going to gain yardage. 
you know, the rules are slanted towards the offensive side of the ball. You know, whether it's the pass interference rules, the defensive contact rules, whatever. Teams are going to get down into the red zone. You've got to turn seven into three as defense. That's going to be the difference between winning and losing games. And communication is a huge part of that down in the red zone. Absolutely. Great, great point, Mark. Again, stop what you're doing and follow this man, Mark Schofield, M-A-R-K-S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. He writes for Inside the Pylon. He does stuff for Pro Football Weekly and SB Nation. And you mentioned that Iowa State article that you wrote earlier in the offseason, Mark. That was just some absolutely ridiculously amazing stuff. So I want to definitely commend you on that. We're going to come right back after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back with Mark Schofield. And I have one last question for him tonight. And again, Mark, thanks. Thank you so much for spending some time. I know you're mid move right now. So uh, at least you have the man cave slash studio set up downstairs. Am I right? (laughs) You are exactly right about that. Um, I'm glad we're not doing this on video because right over my shoulder, there is an entire bookshelf dedicated to Patriots memorabilia, including Super Bowl hats. So it's probably for the best that we're not doing it, which is this one's audio only, but the, the, the office slash man cave is getting set up. Interestingly enough, both of my original N64 and my original Xbox survived both the move and the storage <laughs> process. Before we came on, Aaron, I That's was playing amazing. some old school Mario Kart on the N64, and I was like reliving college. It was fantastic. Oh my God, what a better way to christen your your new place than the place know. of Mario Kart. Are you kidding Actually, me? What's next, though, is on the original Xbox, NCAA Football 06 with Desmond Howard on the no, cover. No, you did not say that. That's going to be next. <laughs> I probably still That's have a great. franchise going. I would always start with Navy and run the flex bone. That was how I would start like, every uh, yeah. dynasty mode. Yeah. yeah. I got to see. I got to pick that up. I can't wait. I would kind of alternate between like a triple option type of offense and like just, you know, maybe like Texas State or something yeah. like that. So you start star. off on a, as a one star and get it all the way up. Yeah. Anyway. OK, so, Mark, we had talked about run D and we, we spent a good amount of time on that. I want to kind of switch gears to the pass rush. And that's one area of concern for Dolphins fans just because we don't seem to have a marquee edge rusher. But then, you know, I kind of got to thinking, as do other football pundits around cyberspace, and New England really hasn't had that bendy, twitchy edge rusher kind of guy that uh, flashes off the charts. And so I'm wondering, you know, obviously there's got to be some creative disguises, timing, blitzes, things of, those, of that nature, but what is the main staple of a Brian Flores defense in terms of generating pressure? Well, th- let's sort of give this a little backdrop of context in a sense, Eric, because 
you know, the sort of Belichick Flores model is that the pass rush and the coverage work in concert. You could have the best pass rush in the world. You could have Lawrence Taylor. But if you've got coverage breakdowns in the secondary, it doesn't matter. You know, Mm -hmm. the quarterback's going to find somebody open before LT can get home. On the same side, if you've got the best coverage in the world, but nobody can get close to the passer, eventually somebody's going to slip up and you're going to get hit for a big play. You're going to give a big one, a cheap one. And so those have to work together. You probably remember at the start of the summer, and this is interestingly enough what sent me down that road to write that Iowa State piece was, you know, there was the debate what matters more, pass rush or coverage. You know, the numbers guys were saying one thing and film guys were saying another, as tends to be the case on football Twitter. <laughs> and I pulled up that Belichick quote and that got me thinking about how he approaches it. And with the sort of defense they were running last year, you know, Trey Flowers was probably their marquee pass rusher, but he's not like an ultra bendy first round type of guy, a guy that teams will trade up for to draft at the top of the board come night one of the NFL draft. But what they would do with him was a lot with scheme. One of the things that they did was they would use a variation of that radar alignment. If you look back, Dolphins fans, you want to get some fun, have some Shendon Freud, go to watch week 10 where the Patriots got pasted by the Titans. They rolled out this radar package on defense, the Titans did, where nobody's down on the line of scrimmage, like nobody's in a three-point stance or anything like that. Everybody's standing up, two-point stance. You don't know who's coming, who's going. You Mm -hmm. might have eight guys in the box, but three rush, something like that. The Patriots started using a modified version of that where they would take Trey Flowers, identify a mismatch they liked, line him up over that Mm -hmm. guy, and then play radar look behind him. So if you watch... For example, the Patriots against the Vikings, they took him and lined him head up over the center, Trey Flowers. And everybody else is in a two-point stance. You don't know who's coming or who's going. And Trey Flowers gets to work against their weakest pass protector. They mm-hmm. did it in the division round game. They put him over Michael Schofield, the guard. Did the same kind of thing. And so it's it's scheme. They use a lot of stunts. They use a lot of twists. Then they would use some creative blitzes. Bring it sort of full circle to that 3-3-5 look. Mm-hmm. They would take Sean and blitz him from the slot. And drop other guys. And so it's creativity schematically to create enough pass rush to then tie into the coverage that you get. So you get good enough coverage, you scheme together some pass rush, and you'll be able to you know, have an effective defense. And the thing to remember is teams overpay for edge rushers. Trey Flowers mm-hmm. got five yeah. years, $95 million. What did the Patriots do? They signed Michael Bennett off the scrap heap, and they draft Chase Winovich at 77 overall. <laughs> and they're putting together a pretty decent pass rush. Even tonight, Michael Bennett has a sack in their preseason game against the Carolina Panthers. And so that's what they do. They'll say, hey, Trey Flowers, thanks for your time. Go get him in Detroit, kid. It's been fun. Right. And they'll just reload with somebody else and get after it again with scheme. Mark, again, I hope everybody had their notebooks out tonight and wrote some things down that Mark had to drop for us tonight. You know, I I really appreciate you coming on because I know that Dolphins fans are pretty laser focused on what's been going on in the preseason and already, you know, narrowed down into regular season mode. And I just kind of wanted to bring you on and make sure, give everyone that perspective why we brought this guy here and what we can expect from this defense going forward. So, again, Mark Schofield of Inside the Pylon, SB Nation, Pro Football Network, or Pro Football Weekly, I'm sorry. Uh, Follow him at Mark Schofield, M-A-R-K-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. Mark, thanks again for joining me tonight. Aaron, thanks so much for having me on. I had a blast. Happy to come on anytime, buddy. Appreciate it. All right.
Fins fans, that's it. We're literally right in the middle of recording during the Jacksonville and Miami preseason game. So I'm going to finish watching this. And for everyone else, have a great weekend. Love you guys. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami